Thank you for listening to the Pursuit Church podcast. This is more than a podcast. Pursuit Church is a movement to connect to Jesus and make a difference. If you need prayer or would like to financially support our mission, reach out to us online at PursuitChurchSA.com. Now grab your headphones and get ready to dive into this week's message. February is the month of love, right? Talk about love, there's Valentine's Day and all this other stuff. So we decided to take this month to talk about love too. But we're talking about what real love is. Not love that the world says it is. No, 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 no. The love that God says it is real love. Do you know what? Let let me pray before I get started today. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We just thank you for who you are. We thank you that you called us to worship and we answered the call and we're here today, God. Thank you for waking us up. Thank you for bringing us into your house, Lord, and just thank you for your unmeasurable, immeasurable love. And Lord, I pray today that you speak through me. I surrender my mind, my will, my vocal cords, the very breath in my lungs, God, I surrender it to you. And I ask you to have your way. I've prepared something. I believe you've spoken to me, Father, but let it come straight from you so that every single one of us will be changed from the inside out by the power of your word and by the power of the Holy Spirit. We thank you, God, for bringing us here today. We give you honor and glory, and we love you. In the mighty name of Jesus, the Christ, our Savior, our Redeemer, amen. 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 Y'all can clap. Clap for Jesus. (laughs) So last week, Pastor Bob kicked off the series and he was talking about forgiveness and that a beautiful way for us to show love to others is by forgiving them, right? Just letting go of some wrongs, releasing people to God, and then just letting God sort it all out. We love people by forgiving them. And you know, God has a lot to say about love. I don't know if y'all know that, but he has a lot to say about love. In fact, there's a whole chapter in the Bible dedicated to to showing us what real love is. It's 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And they actually call it the love chapter. So open your Bibles, and we're going to read something together. Y'all brought y'all's paper Bibles, right? Bring your paper Bibles to church, y'all. Bring your paper Bibles. You want to bring your paper Bibles because you know what? If the Internet goes down, you can still read the Word of God if you've got a paper Bible. The other thing about a paper Bible is that you can highlight in it, you can underline things, you can write little notes in it, and then go back and give God honor and glory for answered prayers, for what he spoke to you. Get a paper Bible. I'm always going to advocate for a paper Bible. I'm just telling you all this so you can get some time to find it. 1 Corinthians, New Testament, about the seventh book back, past Acts and Romans. Are you all there yet? All right, it's on the screen in case you didn't bring your paper Bible. 1 Corinthians 13, starting in verse 4. It says, love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it does not dishonor others, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrongs, love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes always perseveres. Love never fails. The world may end. Love will not fail. Love will still be there because God is love. These are the characteristics of real love. And there's a byproduct of love that I want to talk about today, and that's compassion. You know, 
we think we know what compassion means, but I'm just going to give you what the dictionary says. The dictionary says that compassion is a feeling of deep sympathy for someone who is suffering accompanied with a strong desire to alleviate the suffering. You know, it's hard to feel deeply for someone without some aspect of love in the mix. Would you agree to that? Remember, love just isn't about romance. It's not a feeling. It is not a feeling. It's an action. And what I want to submit to you today is that love in action sometimes looks like compassion. When we care enough about the sufferings of others, so much so that we actually want to do something to help them, that's love. So it stands to reason that compassion is love in action. But you know what's interesting? We live in such a modern world. Like there's so many things that we have. There's like 50 million channels on TV. When Pastor Bob and I were growing up, there were three, three, three. There's like a million now. We live in a day of modern technology, but what's happened is compassion has become on this downward trend. And experts say that some of that is due to the rise in the use of social media and technology. You know, the fact is social media and technology, they have changed our lives. Some of y'all grew up with that stuff. And that doesn't really seem like an impactful statement. But for those of us who saw the invention of the Internet, the invention of social media, it's been a game changer. Yeah. Let, me, let me give you a little example. You know, when my daughters went off to college, they moved out of the house, and one went way up there, one went way down the other side of Texas, right? Moved off to college. I don't know what happened, but so, somehow they forgot how to answer their phone. <laughs> you know, like they didn't answer mom's calls anymore. And I know they were studying, okay, okay. But all the time, they didn't return my text messages. I don't know what happened to them. So you know what I did? I creeped their social media pages. That's how I knew what they were up to. Modern technology has enabled us to do that, to span time and space and stay connected with the people that we love no matter where they are. From our phones, think about it, from your phone, you can see what's happening on the other side of the world, anytime, anywhere. Not only that, But the internet and social media have made it really easy to share causes, right? Um, Things, people that need help, people that need something from us. We can share it for free online on the internet. So you think, you think that that would increase our compassion. If we're made aware of things more, you'd think we'd have more compassion, right? But that's not the case. And it's because of all this technology. Think about this. 30 years ago, nobody knew what a selfie was. Just 30 years ago. Nobody ever heard of a selfie. But now you got everybody out there posting on the internet. What do you do with a selfie? Why are you taking a selfie to post it online, right? I'm not judging. I'm just, that's a fact, right? Most of us do that. Well, you know what? You, if you don't believe me, look on Insta, look on Facebook, and you'll see somebody somewhere posting pictures of themselves. Just themselves. They're not even vacation pics. They're just like, look how, look at my... Look at my bathroom fit picture today. I'm, I'm just being funny, y'all. But think about it. You got full-blown photo shoots out there on social media. One person in the car, driving down the car, posted online. Random photo shoots with no purpose other than for people to see them. It's like we've become obsessed with ourselves. You know what? They've actually done studies on that. 
They've done studies on the effects of social media on people, and they've discovered two things. First, 80% of what someone posts on social media is all about them. 80%. And the other thing they found out is that the more you focus on self, the harder it is to stop. This is how it works. You go and you post a picture of yourself online, right? You get all these comments, all these likes, all these, oh, girl, you look so cute. Well, what happens is there's this chemical in our brain called dopamine. It gets released into our brains. And dopamine is like this powerful drug, right? It gives you all these feelings of satisfaction and and motivation, right? So the more you post, the more comments and attention you get, the more dopamine is released. And before you know it, you can, be become, you can become obsessed with yourself. And it's hard to focus on others when we're only focused on ourselves. And this is why Philippians 2.3 says, do not do anything from selfish ambition or from a cheap desire to boast. But be humble toward one another, always considering others better than yourselves. Technology is a good thing. We just got to be careful with it. We got to be careful with it. Not only can it lead to self-obsession, it's also creating a general desensitization of humanity. And it's because you can't escape bad news anymore. Used to, when you had three channels and that was it, just turn it off. Not anymore. You have access to bad stuff 24-7 in the palm of your hand because of this really cool technology. Let me tell you, I'll be scrolling through Instagram. One of my favorite things to do on Sundays, y'all. Oh, I just love it so much, especially if I'm preaching. Go home, sit in my chair, put my feet up, and get a sandwich, and then just scroll through Instagram. And I like to watch dog videos. I I really love dogs. I'm a dog person. And these dogs do funny stuff, y'all, more than cats do. Anyway, I'll be scrolling through Instagram. I'll be looking at funny dog videos or maybe just checking the weather. And then, boom, something horrible pops up, something negative, a car bomb over here, a school shooting over here. You're not even looking for it, and you can't help but see it. The problem with that is our brains cannot handle all that trauma and pain all the time. It overloads us. So what happens is the brain starts to initiate this process of desensitization. And you can tell it's happened. You can tell it's already happened to us. Look around. You see people all the time. Somebody's getting robbed or mugged or they're going through some kind of horrible situation. What are they doing? Oh, let me video this. Instead of jumping in to help, they're recording it. And it's because they've become desensitized. There's no compassion. You know, and another issue with technology is there's been a loss of social interaction. There's been a loss of social interaction. We don't come to face-to-face contact anymore. We rarely interact with each other. And you know what? When you have less face-to-face interaction, it's real easy to stop caring so much about how much people are suffering. You remember the COVID lockdown? Y'all remember that, right? The lockdown? What were we doing? We couldn't go anywhere. We were stuck. We were stuck in the house with the people in the house, and you couldn't go out. You couldn't go out, and we couldn't interact with each other, right? Well, you know what? It was during that time that later on they found out that there was an unusually high increase in the rate of depression, loneliness, and even suicides. And behavioral experts correlated that directly 
to isolation. We need face-to-face interactions with other people because that's how God made us. When God was creating the world, you go to Genesis chapter 2 and you look at you read it. When God was creating the world, he said that everything was good, right? This is good. This is good. There's only one thing that he said that was not good, and that was for man to be alone. So what do we do about that? How do we, how do we avoid or how do we overcome these challenges that are leading us to become less compassionate and less loving to others? Well, the first thing is that we need to understand compassion demands action. Compassion demands action. You know, we just had our monthly food pantry, right? And some of you in this room, y'all helped. Y'all helped out. You came, you bagged the food, you cleaned up, you got it ready. And some of y'all even prayed for people that you don't even know. You showed up. That's what compassion looks like. That's what being the hands and feet of Jesus looks like. And that's what love looks like. The Bible says in 1 John 4, 8, that God is love. So Jesus is all about love. Compassion and love go hand in hand, y'all. You know, there's a story in Mark chapter 1 that shows this very clearly, and we're going to read it together. Mark chapter 1, starting in verse 40. Paper Bibles, Matthew, Mark, second book of the New Testament. Starting in verse 40, a man with leprosy came and knelt in front of Jesus, begging to be healed. Man, look at the faith of this guy. He says, if you are willing, you can heal me and you can make me clean. That's some big faith, y'all. The next verse, moved with compassion, Jesus reached out and touched him. And he said, I am willing, be healed. When this man was suffering, He reached out to Jesus for help, and out of compassion, Jesus took action, and he did something. He healed the man. True compassion demands action, y'all. To say you love someone, yet you won't do anything to help them when you see them in need, that's just talk. That's not compassion. That's talk. True compassion demands action. We live in a society, y'all, oh my gosh, we live in a society, y'all, where there is a, there is just a disregard sometimes for the pain and the suffering of others. That's not okay. That's not okay, y'all. And it's really not okay for the church. We can't be acting like that. We got to do better. We got to get over ourselves and we got to do better. Compassion demands action. We got to get out of the mirror, get off of the screen and look up, look up. Because when you look up, then you can look around And when you look around and see, then engage, get engaged. Every single time Jesus saw suffering, he did something. He engaged. Matthew 14, 14, Jesus saw the crowd. He had compassion on them and he healed the sick. A crowd of sick, hurting, ailing, lost people. Jesus had no problem stopping everything he was doing and healing them all. Healing them all. Matthew 20, 34, Jesus had compassion on the two blind guys and he restored their sight. We need more compassion in this world, y'all. And it's up to us as believers, set the tone. We can do this. We can do this because we have a perfect example of how in Jesus. He cares about people more than the environment, more than the greenhouse gases, more than the whales, more than the ocean. God cares about people. People are God's priority. Do you hear me? 
that stuff, that doesn't matter as much. People are God's priority. And, you know, I see some people more concerned with a carbon footprint, which I don't even know what that is. They're more concerned with a carbon footprint than they are with the genocide of unborn children. Hello? (laughs) There's so little compassion because we are focused on the wrong things. Shift the focus. Shift the focus up onto God and you'll see your compassion levels rise. Colossians 3, 2 says, fix your eyes on things above the things of God. This verse, y'all, it was written to believers. It was written to the church. These are our marching orders, y'all. Focus on the things of God, his priorities, because you know what? We're not the same as everyone else. Christians are not the same as everyone else. We are citizens of heaven, and it's our job to help fill it up. We can't be wasting our time focusing on things that aren't eternal. Don't waste your time. Because like that, they're gone. Like that, we're gone. Those are distractions, and they are causing us to lose compassion. Compassion is exactly what the world needs. It's love and action, and we can do this, y'all. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you have the Holy Spirit to give you eyes to see when there's a need. And that same Holy Spirit gives you what you need to fill it. And you also have the love of God in you if you're a follower of Christ. So that love gives you compassion for others. But here's the thing about compassion. It demands action. It is not passive, y'all. So you got to be interruptible. You can't be distracted, caught up in your own world. You got to be interruptible. We have to be interruptible because compassion interrupts. Compassion interrupts. When you look at the life of Jesus, he was busy. Y'all think y'all are busy hauling them kids here and there and doing all this stuff and working and groceries. and Mm -mm. Jesus was really busy. He was always doing something, teaching over here, handling business over there, always busy. But you'll notice that he got interrupted a lot. I, I don't know. I don't know about y'all. Y'all might be holier than me, but if you, if Pastor Bob interrupts me and I'm in the middle of something, I'm like, excuse me, I'm busy. Jesus wasn't like that. Jesus was not like that. He was interruptible. There's a story in Mark chapter five that tells us Jesus had just arrived in town. Now he had been out with his disciples ministering to crowds all over the place. And he had just landed in the boat on the dock. And here comes somebody with a need asking him for help. Have you ever walked into the house after work and somebody's got a problem? Somebody's got something they want you to do. Mom, dad, honey, as soon as you walk in the door from work, somebody's wanting something from you. Well, that's what happened to Jesus. But you know what? He didn't miss a beat. He did not miss a beat. He stopped what he was doing. He listened to the man. And you know what he did? He delivered this man from demonic possession. Compassion interrupts. It stops you in your tracks, causes you to move to help others in need. That's what happened a lot with Jesus. There's another story in Mark chapter 6. Jesus was on his way to heal this little girl. She was really sick. And on his way there, he was interrupted by a woman who was in desperate need of a miracle. He healed her, and then he went on to minister to the little girl. Jesus was moved with compassion. It interrupted him. Compassion interrupts. And when we allow ourselves to be interrupted, 
Compassion can change a life, y'all. Our food pantry is changing lives. It's changing lives because we're not just feeding their bodies. We're feeding their souls when we pray for them, when we speak words of life over them, when we encourage them. Compassion changes lives. I want to go back to the food pantry, and I want to tell you a story. I I love this story, and I think about it a lot. We had just, um, it was one Saturday, we had, well, let me tell you, we have a procedure, right? We have a procedure for the way we do pantry. We bring the food in, we sort through it, we bag it up, we get it all together, and then we put it out here in the main lobby on these tables, which all that's a big setup, right? That's everything that happens on Friday. That's why we always say, hey, if you want to volunteer for the Friday prep day, we could really use some help. That's our system, right? And then on Saturday, the people come in, and they receive the food, and we pray for them and things like that. Well, I remember... This one particular incident that happened, it was right after we opened the church. It was probably our second or third food pantry. And we were so excited, y'all. We had all this food. We had a lot of donations. We had a ton of food. And we were expecting to be able to help a lot of people that month. The problem is it started raining on Friday night. And Saturday was a washout. Hardly anybody showed up. And, you know, we could have shut it down. Could have just shut it down and said, oh, well, you know, just next month. We just can't do it. Let's go home. But we didn't do that. And I don't know whose idea it was. It might have been Pastor Bob. It could have been Luchana. I don't know. But somebody came up with this idea of, hey, man, let's put this stuff in our trucks, and let's go over here to these apartments and deliver the food to them. So the team, they went door to door delivering groceries to families who really need it. And in the process, we came across a single mom. She opened the door, and when she saw people from Pursuit Church standing there with bags of food for her, this woman was overwhelmed. She said this. She had just moved there. She didn't know how she was going to pay her bills and feed her family. She didn't have any money for groceries, and she didn't know how she was going to feed the kids. And she had been praying to God for help. And then Pursuit Church showed up. Compassion interrupts. That is a clappable story, y'all. That's a beautiful story. Compassion interrupts. It interrupted our plans, and it interrupted this woman's day. That small act of compassion, it had a huge impact on this woman and her children. I know it did because I used to be that single mom. I used to be that single mom. And years ago, I was struggling to pay bills and buy groceries. And I remember telling God that one day, I was going to do everything I could to make sure that no parent had to choose between paying the rent, or feeding their family. No mom was going to go to bed hungry because she chose to feed her children and she couldn't eat. And I don't know, I don't know if we're ever going to see that lady again, but I know one thing. She experienced compassion, love in action of this church that rainy day in October, y'all. We got to be interruptible. We got to be compassionate. And you know what? It doesn't have to be some big, grandiose gesture. It could be something really simple, like stopping what you're doing. Somebody comes to you, and they want to chat for a little bit. Stop what you're doing and listen to them. Maybe encourage them. Pray with them. Maybe, maybe you're about to leave church one Sunday, and you're in a hurry, right? you got to get out of here. i got to go somewhere. i got to go to the birthday party. i got to go get groceries, whatever. you gotta, you got to go. You're in a hurry. But as you're leaving the door, you notice something. When we're not distracted, focused on ourselves, we notice people. So you notice, say you notice somebody standing over there by themselves. So you know what compassion does? Stop what you're doing. Go say hi. Introduce yourself. Talk to them a little bit and help them feel welcome here. This is God's house. Let's show some compassion. That's what compassion does. It interrupts your day. It interrupts your life. But it's going to be worth it. It's going to be worth it. 
You know, I heard a story one time of a little boy. He was being bullied at school. Like, it was, it was relentless. He was being bullied. And one day he gathered up all his books from his locker. And um, he was walking home from school carrying all his books. And sure enough, a group of kids, they come upon him and they start messing with him, just knocking his books off and, you know, knocking his stuff around, just being mean, you know. And another kid who was one of the cool kids, he saw this all going down and he kind of intervened, right? Well, over the years, these two guys built up a friendship. Come to find out. The little boy who was being bullied, he had gathered his stuff up to take it home because he was planning on killing himself that day after school. This is real, y'all. And he didn't go through with it. He didn't go through with it because someone took the time to notice him. Someone had compassion in their heart to see this little boy, to speak to him, to get to know him, and help the child see the value of his own life. You never know what people are going through, y'all. Just because somebody looks so like they got it all together on the outside, we don't know what's going on in their lives. We don't know what's going on in their hearts and their minds. Let's be interruptible, y'all. Jesus was always interruptible. And if we belong to him, we got to learn to be the same way, interruptible. Compassion interrupts. And the last thing I want to show you about compassion is that it costs Compassion costs. You know, there's a story in Luke chapter 10. It's about a man who goes out of his way to help someone else who had a dire need. It's a story of the Good Samaritan. Most of you, some of you probably heard it already. But Jesus told this story to teach us about love and compassion. It's about a Samaritan man who stops what he was doing in the middle of his day to help a Jewish guy. Now, this is a big deal, y'all. This is a big deal because the Jews hated the Samaritans. So here's a Samaritan man going out of his way to help someone who probably hated him. The Jewish man had been robbed and beaten, and they'd left him by the side of the road for dead. And the Samaritan's traveling down the road, and he sees him. He wasn't self-obsessed or self-absorbed. He noticed this man. He saw him lying there by the side of the road. And the Samaritan stopped what he was doing. He picks the Jewish guy up, bandages and cleans his wounds. And he could have stopped there and said, all right, see ya. But he didn't do that. The Samaritan put the Jewish guy onto his own donkey, takes him into town, drops him off at a hotel, and then he paid, paid two days' wages for the Jewish guy to have somewhere to stay so that he could heal and rest up and get better. Compassion costs. And it's more than just resharing a story online, somebody who needs something. It's more than just volunteering a couple hours, a couple times a year. It's a lifestyle of loving people the way Jesus loves us. Sacrificially, with your time, with what you can do, your abilities, your talent, and with your money. Jesus said, Luke 10, 27, that we are to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind. That's every part of you. And... Love your neighbor as yourself. The story of the Good Samaritan is a great illustration of who our neighbor is. Anyone that has a need that we can feel, that's our neighbor. And we show them love by showing them compassion. It's going to interrupt some things. It's going to cost you something. But it will change lives. Everywhere Jesus went, he was interruptible. 
when he saw other people suffering in pain, tormented, Jesus was moved with compassion, and he stepped in, and he helped, and lives were changed. A life that's touched by Jesus will be changed. You know, you could say that Jesus' ultimate act of compassion was on the cross. He knew we needed a Savior. He knew we needed a healer, a redeemer, a Savior. So in compassion and with love, tremendous love, love we cannot even fathom, Jesus stepped up and became all of that for you. Savior, healer, redeemer. He died for you so that we can live with God for eternity. Our mission here at Pursuit Church is pursue God and love people. That means we seek God in everything we do. We learn who he is, how he loves sacrificially. And in the process, we become more and more like him. Then we share who he is with others. And we do it by loving them and showing them compassion. Amen? Will you bow your heads? Mm, Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word. It is truly sharper than a double-edged sword. Father, I thank you that you are speaking to hearts right now, that you are stirring in our hearts just a desire to be more and more like you, Father, to be compassionate, to extend love and mercy to others the way you extend it to us. Father, I just pray that you know, if there's some area of our hearts that have become hardened or, or callous, Father, you just break down those walls by the power of your Holy Spirit with your love. Break down those walls and and give us a heart of flesh again. Take that heart of stone that we've just become callous and cold with us. Give us a heart of flesh, Lord, so that we can see people in need and that we're so moved with compassion that we actually act and do what we can to make things different for them. Lord, to make this world a better place for you, for your glory, not for, for us, not so we can get props and kudos and likes and comment. No, not for that, Lord, but to bring you honor and to bring you glory, to point others to you, Father, because you are what we need. You are a heavenly, holy, good, good Father. Your love is endless. Your mercy is always fresh every day. Lord, we thank you for that. We thank you for who you are. And God, I just pray that this word will sink down deep, deep in our hearts and minds and move us and move us towards you, Lord, and move us into a greater measure of love and compassion for others. We love you, God. We thank you and we praise you in the name above all names, in the name of your son, Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen.